Hey, welcome back to another episode of State of the Art. I'm your host, Gabe BC, and for those of you just joining us for the first time, this is a podcast about the intersection of art and technology. Each week, I'll be having a conversation with another artist, curator, inventor, robot, museum specialist, or CEO about how creative people are working with tech. If you have a suggestion for a guest or a topic that you'd like to hear more about, feel free to send me an email at gabe at thestateoftheart.org. All right, let's get this week's episode started off. Hey, everybody. Uh, I'm actually in L.A. this week uh, for an Adobe convention. Uh, And while I'm here, I happen to meet up with Neon Saltwater, who is our guest on this week's episode. And we're sitting in a very strange room right now. (laughs) Um, Neon Saltwater uh, has built a steady Instagram following through her digital renderings of pale, empty rooms erected in geographic grids and glossy marble with fluorescent lights bouncing off of their reflective surfaces. Uh, she's designed spaces for Barney's. Her work has been featured in Vogue, and she's the founder of Roomwave. So we're going to talk about all those things today. Uh, Abby, Abby Doherty, welcome to State of the Art. Thank you. <laughs> so what? speaking of Roomwave, what do you think of this room that we're in right now in L.A.? It's pretty sterile, but I think it does its job, you know? Yeah, I had to rent a room for this podcast, <laughs> uh, and it looks like a 1980s sort of Michael Douglas movie or something. It's got some abstract 90s like starbucks art on the wall yeah (laughs) and a big i don't even know what yeah just a i don't know anyways (laughs) (laughs) so you are uh neon saltwater yeah so that's my art name i don't really my last name's hard to say so i just don't even use my real name people it's not a secret but yeah i just all my art's neon saltwater so before we start, um, where did Neon Saltwater come from? Like, where, what is the name from? Um, well, the name, honestly, like, I made up on kind of a whim years before I even started making the art. Uh, I definitely, I think Neon Saltwater in its big entirety has been brewing since in my early 20s. I'm 29 now, almost 30 now. Um, but I had a playlist with a friend that was kind of a like it was a full of songs that were very like dreamy um like synth wavy um and I when I listened to this music I always had really strong visuals with it and I noticed that there was kind of a strong vibe around all of them and then naturally as a visual artist I just have kind of a visual experience when I listen to music. So yeah, so I had a friend who was like maybe a little romantic vibes. Mm-hmm. We were like <laughs> live we never really lived in the same city until now. Um, but during that time we kind of were like communicating through this music and sharing it and I just kind of named it Neon Saltwater Party as the name of the playlist because I like had this weird image in my head of all these people dancing in a dark room and there'd be these giant tanks of like glowing neon water and like smoke and stuff that was kind of the vision and and uh i still kind of remember exactly what that room looks like black warehouse a lot of red and green and blue neon lights and um and this is before you started making any of these artworks. Yeah, so. this was years before. Huh. I mean, this playlist went on for years. I like moved to Portland from Seattle, which was my hometown. Um, just did some jobs down there. Was really like, I was really brewing Neon Saltwater though. Like it was like 
like I left Seattle kind of in a frazzled state and it felt like this monster that was like coming out of my chest. And then finally, like it was just a matter of figuring out what application I was going to create in. And then hmm. I was like, oh, I know how to render like 3D model because I have an interior design background. And so, yeah. So I, one day I just was like, I even then though on the first day that I made something in 3D, I even wasn't sure. I was like, maybe I'll just it'll be a watercolor collection. I like, I had no idea. I just knew that I had to like express something and that was in my head. And I think I always knew they were going to be rooms, and I have an obsession with rooms. Yeah. <laughs> and so, wait, so this playlist though, you had this vision of a of a warehouse, like a dark warehouse. Yeah. Just start just from these songs that you're listening to, or that yeah, you're adding I this think playlist? maybe like because there was a romantic connection, uh -huh. I was kind of. It was definitely like a movie scene, like maybe like imagining that person and I in this. At the time, it felt like a forbidden crush because he was a friend of someone that I had dated. So it was like this kind of forbidden thing at the time. And I felt like it was it existed in my head. And that's why I had like this movie around it. I think I'm like that anyways. But yeah, it was like this vision of us dancing to like Glass Candy, which is huh. a musician. Yeah, and um, yeah, who else was on the playlist? Oh, like old Definitely like Grimes at the time. And that, when Grimes was big, that was kind of when the playlist was alive. And then, I don't know, I, some of the bands were just like one-hit wonder songs that we found on the internet that yeah. were just really like reminiscent of Y2K or like Aqua or something like that. Yeah. They were all kind of <laughs> uh, very like poppy and synthwavy or disco-y and... It's interesting that your art career came out of this one playlist in a way. Like that's such a foreign thing to me. I mean, I music. I understand music being inspirational, but to, to suddenly have all these images of buildings and rooms based off of some music—it's kind of an interesting turn of events. Yeah, I mean, I would say as a child, I definitely cultivated that imagination, like that kind of process on my own. I would go in my basement and create little worlds and write whole stories about my Barbies. My Barbies would just be sitting there, but I'd be, like, writing their whole, like, encyclopedia of their life. <laughs> like, I had all these, you know, that's kind of the way I was. And I would watch movies while I did that, and I was just kind of in my own world in my basement. And I could – I had enough energy. That kind of gave me enough energy. I'd be down there for hours. Like, maybe it would be Thanksgiving, and my parents would be cooking, and I'd just be downstairs for, like, 12 hours until they were – we were eating or till family came over. So stuff like that. I just really have always had a big imagination. Yeah. And kind of, it's kind of almost like embarrassing, but instead of embarrassing, I'm like, okay, well, I'm just going to make art out of it. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> and did you, did you have an interesting room growing up? I definitely had a few interesting rooms. I think the first room I remember the being kind of over the top was my mom hired this local painter to come paint a day to night experience in my room. So <laughs> half of my room was daylight and then the other one was nighttime and there were stars and there was rainbows. There was a moon with a realistic face. Definitely <laughs> was winking at me. I swear to God. But yeah. So it was kind of this like gradient of night and day room. So that was probably like the craziest room I had. And then when I was, I would I would go to a lot of camps in the summer and I would leave and my mom was also kind of an interior designer so she would surprise me 
and reading my room while I was away when she missed me. So <laughs> Were those surprises one time be good I came or? home, like <laughs> when I was 13, I'd kind of outgrown the rainbow and yeah. stars and sun vibe. And so she completely, and this was 2003. <laughs> so very in the like kind of Y2K still era a little bit, maybe later, but she Maybe this was actually 2001, but she, I came home and my room was lime green and had like flower mirrors and <laughs> it was kind of very Lizzie McGuire. So yeah. my mom always kind of, she kind of always did it for me, which kind of would annoy me, but it was also cool. She would have, she was really creative. So she would just kind of make these themes and not that I would, it's not like she would be growing out new furniture. It was just like, she would just paint my room constantly. So I learned a lot of what I had. Our house was crazy growing up. It was like primary colors. Hmm. So, and she was constantly changing it. So I learned a lot from my mom. And you went to uh, school for interior design? Yeah. I went to Seattle for at Cornish College of the Arts um, for interior design and... And and what happened? Like, how, <laughs> sorry. Do you, I mean, you sort of work in interior design now, right? Um, <laughs> like, you you work on rooms, but <laughs> yeah. But was it like how did it how did that transition happen from working on physical rooms to completely digital rooms? Although we'll okay, talk I'm about. I'm trying your... to keep my answers not like a million. Okay, no, so that's okay. I was a painter in high school. I went. My mom kind of was saying, "Oh, you should do graphic design." I went to do graphic design, but I hated typography and I hated like certain parts of the graphic design program but it's all the same at Cornish the first year you t everyone takes the same classes mm -hmm. and so I didn't really notice I mean I didn't really like I knew that wasn't working and then I realized you know oh in drawing class I really like the perspective drawing architecture like that's my favorite so it, I did and I also took a class that year that was by this amazing man named Kim Mackay I think he lives in Sweden now but it was about the history of Seattle and we would read all these like really cool short stories and some of them totally, I don't really remember exactly which ones, but I would have a lot of conversations with him about space and memory and he would take us all around like Pioneer Square, which is the oldest part of Seattle. And we would do like these weird tours and stuff. And a lot of the readings we read influenced me and I wish I knew what they were, but I do remember the conversations I mm -hmm. had to him. And then I just was like, okay, I'm doing interior design. During that whole time in school, uh, it was a track to get us to go to architecture firms. And I felt kind of resistant like that. Whenever I felt, whenever I was like in the art department, I felt like more of a designer. But when I was in the design department, I was like, oh no, I'm more of an artist. Mm -hmm. And I've always <laughs> been in between, kind of like not feeling like one or the other. Um and so, yeah, all of the, all of my coworkers or my like, classmates, they were all kind of on this track to go to like the local interior design and architecture firms in Seattle. I, I was really nervous about how I'd fit in there, like construction documents and, and like technical stuff were really tedious for me. I didn't care. I was, I saw too, like too much of the bigger picture. And so that part was harder for me and I've learned more now better I've learned that stuff more now but at the time I just didn't I didn't I knew that I didn't belong there so after school I went and worked in furniture for a while and um did some like kind of 
personal shopping. I was good with people. Mm -hmm. So, and then I went, moved to Portland, went to an event design for like company, which was really wild. And I learned how to design props and design really like temporary, um, low budget kind of decorative production style stuff so like stuff that didn't have to last a long time that mm. would have a big effect in the moment and i think that's really kind of what led me to be able to build out my neon saltwater spaces as exhibits because i could do it in a way that uh didn't have to hold up for it would have to hold up for a month or two at the max right you don't have to build a building that people can yeah. live in or work in yeah. and i learned a lot of tricks at that job because i learned that a lot of the stuff up close without like a lot of the props and the event stuff it's uh, up close it can look really tacky it's like beads and plastic stuff and it's all about you can put lighting on it and it looks amazing and photograph it and it's like so over the top yeah and, and your so, your digital works uh, like the lighting seems to be the most important thing in some ways yeah. i mean that's obviously the neon and the neon salt water but <laughs> how do you describe right. like the look of one of your your renderings that you call them renderings or your rooms yeah or, my room yeah. my digital rooms um i think like for a while i was calling them digital dreamscapes but then i don't i've stopped really calling them i don't know why i've stopped calling that i just kind of say renderings now but um yeah those spaces are really fun experiments to express color and light like through light like and i'm really interested on how like colors change through the application of materials so like green in the form of glass or in the form of light hmm. is a huge difference in how you can kind of play with those things and create like multi-dimensional experiences so like all how I my friend who I used to work with used to work at Starbucks corporate and I yeah. did some modeling for them. I'd love and... to see a Starbucks that was designed. <laughs> <laughs> These styles would be incredible. I know I wish, but I used the same program yeah. that I did there, and I became friends with um, someone there who really taught me a lot. And he he would say that I color. I use, I color my rooms with light, kind of. Mm -hmm. I use like I like to paint with light, and um, so yeah, I like. I think the way that light, like green light on a wall, looks and how it, how if there's like if it's covering multi materials, it creates this like really specific feeling. I don't know. I don't really know if people, not everyone will pick that up for my work, but I feel like I'm expressing emotion too. Mm -hmm. Like for me, it's an emotional react. Like the way light hits a wall is emotional for me. Do you start with the emotion that you want to convey or is like the room just come to you like it did with the playlist? Yeah. It's all like a blurry, like process. <laughs> like let's go, a... let's try and talk to the process. So do you okay. start with like a cult, like do you start with green or do you say I want to design a hotel room or like just your digital spaces? Like, can you talk a little bit about what it takes to create one of these rooms? Like what's the process behind it? Yeah. Um, I'll start in 3d. I would say sometimes I do take a lot of photos. Like in this building, I will describe this building. We walked up here and it's very 80, like the outside of this building is very like eighties corporate office, mm -hmm. very vaporwave. Um, What's vaporwave for people who don't know? We can get into that. <laughs> okay. But I'll describe, we'll describe the it, building. Yeah. It's very kind of 80s corporate. It's got like granite walls and really high ceilings and stuff like that. So I'll 
I'll take pictures of details like the way that the walls curve and the different shapes. This shape, this building happens to be a really interesting architecturally on the outside. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe not to everyone, but like the, if certain corners of it, I find interesting. So I'll snap a picture and I just have a lot of those images saved or I'll see something on Instagram, like a photographer's photo of a shopping center or something. And I'll see something that I like. Um, I don't necessarily like will copy, try to make it exactly, but I'll try to like interpret my own interpretation of that form. And then as soon as I get in 3D, it just takes on a life of its own. And then it's kind of, this sounds so cheesy, but it's kind of like this channel, like I'm just channeling something Mm. and then it just, and then all of a sudden the space that I'm working in becomes really real to me. Like I've been there before. It's really weird. Um, (laughs) Do you have dreams about these rooms? Sometimes I've had a few. My dreams are not as colorful as you'd think. Like my dreams are kind of like desaturated, I would say. Like I I don't know if that makes sense. Like not black and white, but there's they're not very vibrant, but the vibes are really heavy. <laughs> and like the spaces are really specific, yeah. but it I did have a dream during the era of like when neon saltwater was brewing. I took a nap in the middle of the day in summer and it was super hot and my bedroom was really warm and I I don't even remember falling asleep but I had this crazy dream that I was in the desert and there was like pink marbled architecture with like m- like iridescent lights and this the way that the sun was hitting it was making the desert kind of glow and I was like running towards this white building that was super modern and in my dream it turned out to be the college that I went to um and then I woke up it was so vivid and I woke up kind of like completely sweating and like had no idea what how long <laughs> you had I'd to get been. back there somehow it was so weird yeah. it was like a it was like a movie it was like <gasps> like I had no idea how long I'd been asleep I was just completely drenched in sweat. I felt like I had gone to another like universe. It was crazy. So that was one of the first experiences where I was like, okay, I have to start making these stuff. This is intense. But on a nightly basis, I don't dream like that. Yeah. You know? yeah. Your rooms seem very cinematic though, in a lot of ways. Yeah. Like they seem like film sets for films that haven't been made. I mean, have you ever thought about bringing them into VR, bringing them into other platforms where you could actually be inside the room itself? Well, VR makes me really motion sickness so i kind of gave up on really getting too into that since i can't even do it myself but i am totally open to that i'm totally open to like still building out the environments for other people to experience because i and i also would love to someday work on a movie set i mean that is my dream to like work with or a music video Mm -hmm. just some sort of real set well, you did build these rooms into real rooms, though, right? Like you did a design mm-hmm. for Barney's based mm-hmm. on one of your... And what was that process like to see one of the digital rooms being transformed into a physical space that you could walk around in? Um, it was wild. I mean, it was... That was a cool experience because they already knew exactly what they kind of wanted. They, like, picked out a rendering I'd already made, and it was kind of blue-purple-toned, and they... um had specific requirements that they needed for their inventory that they were going to sell at the event. And so I just kind of, the first time around, I'd made something that was kind of too over the top. So they really wanted my minimal Instagram stuff. Mm -hmm. And so 
we just like worked on the phone. They had some ideas of like, okay, maybe this window thing can be some sort of shoe rack. And so I, I kind of just really took a rendering and made some of the existing parts into like usable objects for them. And so that was a cool experience. Um, I'm really proud of like a specific fixture that I designed that they built out perfectly. Uh, it was like the first time that I'd seen something I had designed uh, actually built out so professionally because <laughs> mm -hmm. everything I had done before was very DIY. What was the What was the fixture? It was like um, just like a probably a forty eight inch rod, and it was like a white tower that was very geometric. It looked like it could have been in like an Esprit store in mm -hmm. the eighties. <laughs> yeah. Malcor. Um, I can provide <laughs> you with a photo, but yeah, um, that'd be great. It had a it had like a half circle mirror on the end. It had like clear plexi rod as the rod. Um, it was lit up. It was really cool. So yeah, that was like a really cool experience just to see how like feasible it was to build these out in real life. And of course, I'm not a carpenter. Um, and so that's something that I really have never really wanted to do myself. Nor can I. So, um, but just the like realization of like oh wow like i know how to do the computer parts this stuff can become real yeah so. it's pretty amazing to transform an entire real space based on just a rendering that you've done right you right, can kind of like yeah. you generate so many of these renderings and then to see them actually turn into something real is incredible yeah i <laughs> some of, sometimes this, the rooms that i like build in 3d are not really realistic yeah like they're like I can't, and that's the th it, because the way that I'm setting up the render is all the settings and effects are happening like behind the camera view. Oh, so if you and turned so around, it would. If you turned around, it would be really ugly. So it works so for like film sets, though. So that's something that like I I can see translating to a film set. Now translating it to interior design where, you know, all angles of the space have to look good. That's been a new challenge. Um but as far as, I mean, LED, now we have LEDs instead of neon, which is a much more cheaper way mm -hmm. <laughs> um, of doing lighting. And there's a lot of ways to, like, bring it to life. But, yeah, that's kind of the challenge. <laughs> so <laughs> you are uh, credited as starting Room Wave. Yeah. <laughs> what is, how, does that, how did that come about? What is Room Wave then? <laughs> wow, I don't even I think I read I that? wrote a manifesto. Yeah, I'm just yeah. kidding. <laughs> I wrote like a definition of what it was. So I obviously have described I make these rooms based on feelings. The process is very intuitive. Mm -hmm. It's just like I get in there and it's like a monster just comes out of me or something <laughs> like that. And yeah. I, it turns into a room, a neon room. But um when I discovered what I think a friend of mine said, you know, your work looks a lot like Vaporwave. And I was like, huh, that's interesting. Like, I, what is Vaporwave? He sent me this link to this kind of like, this guy made a whole biography, like a, not a biography, but a whole definition of what Vaporwave is. It's actually pretty informative and it's cool. Vaporwave obviously kind of grew into a million things and a lot of people argue about what's real and what's authentic Vaporwave mm -hmm. on the internet. It's because it started on the internet. So it's an inevitable that people are going to have different ideas of what true Vaporwave is. And I don't know how many people 
are still really following it. I'm sure it exists somehow, but um, I feel like it's di- I, distorted into a bunch of different movements. Yeah, now it's distorted, and it's what's hard. the first and va- it's honestly wave? weird because a a lot of um, the music it's just resampling yeah. of existing sounds, and so is there an image that people would recognize from vaporwave specifically? Like there's a few, a lot of like images of kind of synthwave images of people with briefcases kind of like walking into like a a perspective. I mm. think that's probably like the first thing that comes to There's my a lot mind. of like Roman architecture. Yeah, there's right? a lot with of like, um yeah, Roman and Greek like yeah. statues mixed with like very uh tropical environments and colors. Yeah. <laughs> so that part <laughs> is very themey and it's just done over and over again and it's cool. And then there's another part of Vaporwave that's just really about this nostalgia for uh kids that grew up in the 80s and early 90s and uh, and like how kind of I mean I think there's a lot like a lot about that's kind of this complicated relationship with capitalism and how we're kind of like we're born into it but we're we're also kind of like it's dark but then it's yeah there's something a little sinister about vaporwave love it yeah the the combination of like consumerism and you know bright colors with also the sort of dark it's like (laughs) making fun of it but indulging in it at the same time so like You'll see a lot of images of like old Pepsi ads from the 80s and just weird stuff. And it's I mean, I think it's I think it's a pretty dark. I think it's a pretty deep movement in itself. I don't know. There's an aesthetic that goes with it. that's like trendy that I think people not everyone is going to like look past that. Mm -hmm. Like it's a surface level aesthetic. But like really the root of it, the reason I think so many people were drawn to it and it where that one, it was a completely anonymous thing that grew on the internet because it was just made on your computer and you could release it anonymously. And it, so I think it was like maybe the, the first music genre that was just born on the internet. Um, and then also, I'm forgetting what I'm saying. So you'll have to edit this out. Um, <laughs> we don't edit anything. So we're going to hear everything. Okay, great. <laughs> so, and then another part of it is just, yeah, nostalgia and um, like this kind of ex- existential feeling and like loneliness that's kind of part of human life that I think people are in artists in general and people that are spend a lot of time on the internet really understand. And I think it kind of hits people, hit, it really hit people on an emotional level. Um, and like, I really related to that. So when I found it, I kind of got chills because I was like, um, wow, like there's these images and descriptions of like these romantic nights in Hong Kong where you're walking alone and the whole city is asleep or like walking around a mall that's like closed in the middle of the night. And I have had dreams of wandering around malls at night when mm-hmm. they're closed. And I never really understood why. I was like, am I just really materialistic that I'm dreaming about wandering the mall <laughs> in the middle of the night? You just want to go on a crazy shopping spree when everything's <laughs> <Yeah>. closed? <laughs> I mean, kind of. No, but, but there's something interesting about that idea that there's this kind of fabricated world during the day where people operate a certain way, but that's still there at night, but there's no people there. There's no right? people like, and there's all this stuff and it's constantly changing and yeah. like, there's just life happening there that's kind of soulless and dead, but then 
gives us a lot of joy. So I think it goes back to that weird, like, okay, it's dark, but it's also like indulgent. Um, For me, it's always been, I would love to wander around Disneyland, you know, after hours or something, or oh, like an abandoned amusement park. Totally. Like, <laughs> that, all those things I'm obsessed with. So when I found Vaporwave, I was like, oh my God. And there were different genre, like subgenres within it. And I was really influenced by these genres that um, were really focusing on, yeah, the malls and like they would use field recordings of the sounds of people walking through the malls and the different sounds that happen at the mall, like the water fountain and things hitting the ground and um, is there a specific mixed song? with the music. Is there a specific song <laughs> you can think of that fits in that genre? I have a friend in the Netherlands that goes by um, Cat Corp and he has an album called Palm Mall and it's literally that it's like sounds from the mall it's really good maybe we'll play some of it right now if we have some samples of that (laughs) we can underlay your description of the malls with some (laughs) some music yeah yeah it's on uh i think it's on Bandcamp. i really resonated with that and so i think my work is i'm not afraid to say that it's vaporwave because i think if you dig into what vaporwave is it's like something that i really relate to and i like and of course, it became really trendy, and it's it's you know it's in the past. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like it's like people have moved on from it. But so I started this group in on Facebook because I really was obsessed with this concept that like there was this vaporwave energy that existed in rooms, and like I really liked all the images that people collected online of real life spaces at night. Like there's so many books of interior designs and all the f- photographs are taken at night or they have really realist unrealistic lightings like setups and mm-hmm. um, i'm obsessed with those um and i was for a while i was collect like i started to collect um books of interiors and i would like scan them and put them in this group um and uh i like started inviting people and people started posting so it just became a community group of people posting like crazy rooms that made them feel things and the only rules that I had were that it had to like it had to be focused on the room it can't really be like a person in a room unless the focus really or the thing that makes the picture special is the room and not the person and so um and also one part of room wave that's really special was that usually the ones that are completely uh like vacant of people are the ones that have that feeling the most so i really hmm. was like i would kind of reject i would make people submit it and i would approve it <laughs> and i would kind of reject ones that were just a little too like when people enter the picture, it just becomes kind of like about the person and not that's really you, about the room. Is that why you leave people out of your Yes, rendering? that's exactly why. So I just – I'm really trying to like express this feeling of loneliness versus like beauty and – um But you so, said that there's this romance in the pieces too, right? Like there's Yeah. This- it's like a tragic romance. It's like <laughs> – it's – this feeling that I've had since I was a kid of realizing that, like, these things that are so beautiful are also just so sad at the same time. I remember being even in Hawaii with my family and being, like, kind of – I would hate them for to, for them to misinterpret this, but feeling sad that I'm at this beautiful place and, like, the potential of 
other things happening was dead or something, or just mm. kind of feeling like the end of a trip, how it kind of winds down and you kind of get that letdown feeling. Um, like the contrast of that feeling with an, a beautiful environment, there's just something there. And I feel like I still feel it. It's been five years since I'm making this art and my art is still about that feeling. <laughs> Are there specific places besides Hawaii that you have this feeling like if in the world? Yeah, that you I mean, to? I would have it like kind of, I remember, I remember having it at the end of my birthday party when my birthday party was over or feeling on a Saturday night when like it was beautiful out, but I didn't have anything to do. It's like, I've been feeling that feeling a million times my whole life or, and I think the romance, the kind of like mini romance that I had in this playlist was also that, I mean, we like the person really, and I really like had this intuitive connection, but we didn't really know how to like manifest it in real life. So it just existed as this like abstract emotional connection. And when I did live in the same city for him, we just didn't, I mean, it was just like impossible to even interact with each other. It's so weird in person. We known each other for a long time, but it was just impossible to interact and I don't really know why and like that loss of like the that loss of like oh that could have been amazing because there's something that was there but it just didn't happen and um I guess that in itself <laughs> it's so ironic it's like that exact experience is an example of the feeling that I am trying to express in my art all the time. Yeah, you're making a, I mean, this sounds super cheesy, <laughs> but <laughs> like you're making a space, right, to have that. For heartbreak. And or like, for those feelings in a way. Yeah. Like you're designing these spaces that then they kind of live on their own. Like they can be, I don't know, don't let me put the words in your mouth. But <laughs> I'm just. I know it's like so beautiful. It's like in a way that connection was so beautiful and then also so tragic. Yeah. And definitely like a heartbreak for me. And like, I think a lot of people can probably relate to that feeling. And I think a lot of people, you know, some people are going to look at my spaces and be like, oh, yeah, it's very Miami Vice. Cool. Like, they, they just see <laughs> right. the what service level. Yeah. And then there are people that say, you know, I love your work, but I also feel weird when I look at it. And I love people who react that way because it means they can see their feeling what I'm feeling when I make it. <laughs> so yeah. that's, like, a really cool thing for me. And um i really like that contrast of like oh my gosh these spaces are just so like dreamy and like kind of fantasy and like this like um idealism but they're like met with this sad loneliness it's like it's like a movie theater that's Empty. Like, empty <laughs> not sure or a, a movie. birthday party where yeah. everyone left or a mall that's closed or there's something about that a resort me. that is closed down or oh my god i really want to go to an abandoned um theme park there's one i don't even know if it's abandoned anymore but that one that was like christian in the in the christian theme park in like north carolina that was, was like, like a the Noah's Ark or something. oh yeah no it was like yeah, jim baker one. and like i i watched i love that documentary about them because one they're crazy and two they have images of this like huge theme park that is just kind of a complete failure. <laughs> so yeah. Anyways, I love stuff like that. It, your rooms kind of remind, I don't know why, but they remind me a little bit of the internet in the sense that they're these empty spaces where there could be possibility or you might end up in the wrong corner of it in some way. Ooh, uh, like, I like I, that. I, <laughs> 
Can you talk a little bit about, I mean, you you were an artist who existed first on the internet in a way. Yeah. Like, how do you use the internet to manifest your work? Um, <coughs> how do I use the internet to manifest my work? I, I mean, what's your relationship with the internet? I guess you should ask. Okay. I, I think a lot of people have a lot of shame about how much time they spend on the internet. And I don't think I really process that I, guilt that I have. Mm. Sometimes I, if I look at my iPhone, if it'll tell me how much time I've spent, I'm like, ooh, when I like multiply it that time. <laughs> how much time is it? You know, 30. I don't even <laughs> <laughs> screen time. Yeah. But, um, for me, I get really energized. You know, there's extroverts and introverts. I'm definitely like someone that gets recharged on my own. And so if I'm feeling anxiety or something, one of the things that I'll do is I'll just go on Pinterest or Tumblr and I'll like collect images that I connect with. It could be like advertisements or photographs and some of them have nothing to do with my work, but it's like a way for me to connect with myself. Um, and it usually kind of gets my like creativity going and stuff. So that's, I mean, that's something that I've developed. Like that's a little time hobby that I do just to get kind of like in the zone. And then as far as the internet, like I definitely feel like I've, it's a way to distribute mm -hmm. stuff to people all over the world. And I've, I, um, I've made friends with pe other artists all over the world. I've been able to be in shows where I did, like in Australia and London where I wasn't even there. Um, and so, or zines and stuff like that. So I've been able to connect with people all over the world. So that's amazing. And then I just got back from, uh, Belgium. I was with one of my favorite <laughs> musicians, um, connected with him online and, uh, I'd obviously been a fan of his work and he liked my work. So we're like kind of in the midst of working on his, uh, his musician, his like music project is called Palm Bowman too. And so we're working on something for his new album, but yeah, I mean, that would have never been able to like, one, I wouldn't, I probably wouldn't have been able to find his music as easily as I did. And then two, like the fact that I got to work with him and connect with him and, um, fly across the world and spend a week making stuff in Belgium. Like, that's crazy. So I definitely, I always tell everyone, like, if you make something or do something, like, get an internet, get an Instagram. Like, mm -hmm. <laughs> Do you ever not put anything out that you make? Mm-hmm, yeah. What's the choice-making process there? Um, I posted something yesterday yesterday that i probably want to delete but i want, kind of want to delete and <laughs> what is it because it just doesn't have that feeling it was kind of a warm up a warm-up that mm -hmm. i did and i posted it usually i don't put if i don't feel that feeling that i'm trying to express from it i usually don't post it um i can't so I, i'm kind of yeah it was just a room of a doorway with light and then this kind of glass wall thing but there's something about it that I'm kind of like, okay, it's just, it didn't really, it wasn't really finished and I posted it too soon. But for the most part, I usually catch it. Like there's, there's plenty of stuff that I've made that I don't post. Mm -hmm. Um, if I don't like it, I'll like sit on, I'll let, I'll just close the file and let the 3d file like live for a few months and then I might come back with it, come back to it. But sometimes, yeah. So sometimes I just don't feel it. Do it's you like sell, do you sell your intuitive. work? Like do you sell, uh, Prince of yeah. York or? I think 
The one thing that's interesting is I don't know if people really like the idea of um, putting a picture of a room inside a room. I don't know if, like, that makes a lot of sense. But, I mean, some people <laughs> like it. I think it I makes total sense. Actually, I shouldn't say that. <laughs> yeah. I need to sell my work. But I... I guess that's not my overall goal. Of course, if anyone is interested in prints, I do have some <laughs> frames from a gallery show mm. that I did a year ago. And I also am open to trades and, um, you know, custom print commission stuff. So, yes, I'm definitely available for that. <laughs> Why do you think people wouldn't want to put a room in a room? I don't know. I'm talking about... You know what? I wish we could just edit this part out. I don't know why I said that. <laughs> no, I'm curious. I mean, do, you, um, do you want them to exist digitally? Like for me personally, when I make a work, it's always bizarre to have it sell or even to like hand it off to somebody in a way because it's so close to me. And you're talking about this being this very personal emotion. There must be something. Oh, I don't odd. care about that. Really? I just, for me as an interior designer, I think I am like, I view my work as more of a video game kind of, but um they are nice composite i mean they are nice still so sure yeah they're available <laughs> i i um i guess my end all goal though is not to sell prints because i'm trying to i mean i obviously would love to sell prints to anyone to anyone who wants them but um my end all goal is to really just kind of like bring the experience to life and make it more dynamic. So that's the kind of my focus right now. And yeah. what's the next project you're working on now? Like what's the big, the big thing? So I'm working on a collaboration with my friend, Brian Sanchez in Seattle. He's a painter. He's uh does and sculptor. He's uh he does, he's very abstract, colorful paintings. Um, as well as um, he has done some sculpture stuff as well. So we're doing a collaboration on the top floor of Museum of Museums, which is a new museum that is opening in Seattle February 7th. It's on First Hill um, on the kind of the Swedish hospital campus. It's a really cool old building that's kind of mid-century. It's through, like three floors. Um yeah, it's basically turning into an, a very important art, um, an art building for Wait, the art community in Seattle. What's it's, the Museum of Museums, though? So it's going to be pretty unique. I think he's like for us, we're doing a whole installation where um, Brian really influences my kind of architectural um, moves, and of course, some of his paintings will be in the rooms. But also, there's sculptures that we design together, and um, it's just kind of like our work, both of our works crossed over. But Museum of Museums is going to be a museum for definitely art that's kind of out of the side of the box. So there's going to be like shows that are about, I mean, I don't even know how to describe it. It's just like maybe there would be little tiny museums inside the museum so hmm. it's like this man i need to work on that answer rooms and rooms <laughs> yeah <laughs> it's perfect I mean, for rooms there's, and rooms. there's really cool stuff happening there like really unique shows very like meta type mm. stuff and so oh. um and i i'm not i'm having a hard time describing it because there's just so much that's happening but it's it's just kind of off the beaten path a little bit and there's just like um 
you know, there's going to be a show about, um, like, wit, like, wit, like witch culture. Or I, that's the one that's going on at yeah. the same time as us. I'm, I'm struggling right now to describe it, but um, it's going to be a really cool, like, alternative museum that has that's not just going to be paintings on the wall. It's going to mm. be really dynamic. There's going to mm. be like, you know micro museums inside the museum <laughs> and the installation you're doing is on the roof but it's uh temporary it's on the exhibit? top floor yeah. and it's like a three-month show and um it's consists of three different rooms that we created so it's got um i don't want to spoil it well it's it's got three rooms that are all influenced by me and Brian kind of like melting our brains together. So I'm really excited for everyone to see it. It's kind of my first big collaboration with someone. It's the first time I've ever allowed someone to kind of influence my rooms. Um, I really love his work. So it's very, we both have a really strong relationship to color. Um, it's going to be completely immersive. So um, rooms that you can walk around in and um, definitely a lot of, you know, photos will probably be taken that will be surfing the internet so yeah <laughs> is that weird to have people take photos of your physical spaces and upload them and they're sort of like recreations <laughs> of your digital spaces you know like there's a weird well, it's kind of <laughs> funny because a lot of times people will want you know people will ask me like well why don't you have people in your spaces yeah. you know I explain why like i did and then but then in the reality when i build the spaces out loud there's just people taking selfies and people having their photos taken in there and it'll be their profile picture. And so I think I kind of the rule that I allowed myself is, you know, my real life, ex my real life experiences, people can experience them and take their photos in them because it really is a different experience being in the rooms by yourself and taking it all in. The photo is just going to happen because it's 2019. So I'm kind of giving up on that. But as far as like green screening someone into <laughs> right. my digital stuff that that's just not gonna happen yeah that doesn't seem to make sense to no. me either <laughs> <laughs> well, thank you so much for being on the podcast before we go um we have sort of rapid fire questions that we ask everybody at the end of okay. each podcast so don't think too much about these it's like the, the first thing that pops into your mind okay. basically um all right neon saltwater um if you had to pick your favorite room in a house what would that room be and why oh the i think um Bathrooms have a lot of potential to be cool. <laughs> and why? I don't know. Like the shot, like cool showers and like hot tubs and mirrors. Hot tubs. All right. Hot tubs in the bathroom are great. <laughs> Actually, I'm going to take that back. Bedrooms. <laughs> okay. Why is that? Um, they like bedrooms, I think, are the most fun to design in 3D. They're like, I mean, you got a bed, there's fabric. You can make it romantic. I mean, it's just kind of the most fan. I mean, it's just obvious. Yeah, fantasy. The most emotion. Fantasy probably. sweet. Yeah, yeah. The most emotion. <laughs> fantasy sweet. We sleep there. Yeah. Fantasy um, sweet. What is your favorite season? Fall. Why? Because I get to crawl back into my little zone at home and I don't have to feel guilty about playing in this, about not being outside in the sun. <laughs> I get to listen to my weird, like, Halloween-ish Halloween music and... I love, I, I mean, I'm just such a like Northwest girl. So I, I really don't like the heat. That's why I haven't moved to LA yet. Um, but yeah, fall. And what's your favorite shop at the mall in the 1980s or 90s? Ooh, like what? I could go back in time. Yeah, to. if you go back in time to the old mall. Ah, I don't know. 
Um, Don't overthink it. Just, you know, whatever the first thing that comes into your mind. I would love to go to an Esprit store from the 90s or like an old Gap. Yeah. <laughs> What's your um, guilty pleasure movie? So a movie that comes on that you watch the whole way through when it comes on every time. I'm not a movie person. You don't watch movies? No. What? <laughs> what? I mean. How do you, so many of your pieces are so cinematic, though. It's really interesting that you don't watch movies. No, like, I do watch movies. I mean, yeah, I know. This is really. I like TV shows. Yeah. Uh, movie. Ooh. Wait, let's, why do you not watch? <laughs> why do you not like movies? Is it the length of the movie or is it? Yeah, like there's just so many movies that are just like, they're just not as well done as TV shows. Lately or Lately. always. I would say there's a lot of good 80s movies. Um, I'm, <laughs> I'm the worst at this rapid fire question thing. Let's see. Uh, I love... I love the movie Donnie Darko, I think. It's just like a classic. Mm -hmm. I'll watch that over and over again. That's great. I love that movie too. All right. Well, thank you so much for being on State of the Art. Um, stay tuned for next week. We're going to have another guest. Abby is Neon Saltwater. We're going to post some of Neon Saltwater's pieces on Instagram. Uh, so I'll see you next week. Thanks. Thanks so much for listening today. Uh, this is Gabe Garcia Colombo for the State of the Art podcast. Uh, State of the Art is actually created by Ethan Appleby. Uh, we have a great, fantastic producer named Vanessa Wilson. Uh, and our audio specialist slash miracle waveform master is Weston Stevens. Uh, so stay tuned for next week. Uh, we're going to have another amazing guest. I'm not going to tell you who it is quite yet, but I promise it will be worth it. Bye.